As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. Make excellent relationships with sellers, with private money partners, and you'll be just fine. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, I'm excited to introduce you to our newest host that we're bringing on to the team. His name is Slocum Reed, along with myself and Ash. Slocum will be providing value to every interview he does. I've known Slocum for years, and I've watched his portfolio continue to grow. He currently owns and operates 65 units, including converting three units into an office building. So he's an owner-operator. He's coming from certainly a different perspective than I have. I know he's going to bring his expertise and cut through the fluff and get the best real estate investing advice ever for you. So welcome, Slocum Reed. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Slocum Reed. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. And today we have Andrew LeBaron with us. Andrew, how you doing? Excellent, man. How are you? Doing great. Good to be here. I'm excited for this interview. Andrew is a syndicator, an apartment motel owner. His business model is reviewing small to mid-sized motel and hotel assets underwriting the deal, purchasing, converting, and refinancing. His current portfolio, he's the GP on 42, 13, 22, and 18 unit motel assets. He's got an upcoming deal for 129 unit motel that he will convert into apartments. He's based in Phoenix, Arizona, doing a lot of work in Sholo, Arizona. So what got you into real estate, Andrew? Long time ago, I used to work for Chase Bank. And I was in the mortgage department, customer service, making a whopping 40,000 bucks a year. And I took a call from a gentleman who said he needed the payoff quote for 10 of his Santa Monica or SoCal real estate properties. And I noticed that his name was not on the loan. Now he had 10 properties he owned on the deed, but his name was not on the loan. So I thought something fishy was going on. So I said, what's going on? And he said, well, I took over payments on these 10 properties. And I realized that he only owed a third of the value of these Santa Monica SoCal properties. So he instantly made 6 million bucks. This is about seven years ago by taking over payments on these properties that 
they were struggling and then sold them to another investor. And I thought I'm in the wrong niche. I'm in the wrong business. I need to stop doing what I'm doing and learn real estate. That's when I just at started least you're in the thing. wrong seat at that table, right? That's exactly right. Gotcha. Now your niche is motels. Yes. Cool. You convert them. Am I correct in assuming that means that you're buying properties that are currently operating as motels and then converting them into long-term apartments? That's correct. So I source C-class, B-class motels that could be long-term or apartment assets, and they need to be in areas where housing is needed. It's an interesting niche, actually. It actually works really well because there is a huge need for housing. And after COVID, a lot of these motel owners took a huge hit. COVID really stymied their business, their operations. They had to shut down that a pool at their motel. They shut that down. If they had a continental breakfast, they had to shut that down. So it really messed up their operations as far as just running it as a motel or short term. So I found that opportunity as, hey, why don't we pick these up? Why don't we add some basic needs like kitchenettes, add a stove range top, add a microwave, add a refrigerator? And why don't we turn these into longer term stays? And it's been working really, really well. The price that you pay for a motel and the cap rate that it turns into when you put long-term people in there is wild. Motels are significantly cheaper than apartments. What is the difference in cap rate there? (laughs) It doesn't make any sense, honestly. So here's a good example. If I have a 20 unit in Phoenix or 20 unit in Arizona, investors are going to purchase these properties at 130, 140,000 bucks a door, which might bring you around a a six to 8% cap rate. And six to 8% cap rate is a pretty decent target for multifamily. For these motels, what we're paying for 20 units might be, I paid $690,000 for 22 units and each unit brings in $1,250 a month. So just outlandish cap rates when it's all said and done. Now, cap rate also includes you get your vacancy rate and capital expenditures or operating expenses, right? We don't really put much into these buildings. And I think it's just because the market is so hot, we don't need to. And everybody needs a place to live that's affordable. We're hedging alongside inflation. So people don't even care if there's a kitchenette. They'll live there. They'll live there long-term. No, we need to be good stewards of our guests and residents. So we'll add what we need to add there for people to be comfortable. But I guess that's the big difference between motels and apartments as far as cap rates. So Andrew, what I think I just heard you say is that you can buy motels in your area for between 30 and 40 a door. If they were traditional apartment buildings, they'd be worth 130 to 140 a door. And you're not putting all that much money into converting them. It sounds like a dream come true, right? So what other issues, other hangups do you come up against? Do you have any trouble dealing with local government authorities, getting certificates of occupancy? Do you have to do that for this kind of conversion? You don't have to do that. Now, we could go down the route of rezoning. In fact, on one we're about to put under contract, it's a 129 unit, and that'll be converted into 82 units when we're done. But getting a zoning attorney to zone it, multifamily high density would be wise. In Arizona, we don't worry about that. As far as we're concerned, as far as our attorneys are concerned, there's no issue with having a long-term stay option at a motel acquisition. We don't have long-term leases. We don't write leases. These are not lease agreements. We still treat this as a motel, but 
we allow them to stay on a month-to-month basis. Now, my attorney has said, if you do introduce a lease agreement, then you are subject to the Landlord-Tenant Act, and you are subject to formal eviction protocols. Right now, we are not. If you don't behave, if you don't pay, you're out. You're trespassing. So it avoids eviction orders as well. Gotcha. We'll get back to the show in a few minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll get some value in learning more about. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. Mark your calendars for the best ever conference February 24th through 26th back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. You can get 15% off right now with the code BEC15 at besteverconference.com. That's the code BEC15 for 15% off at besteverconference.com. So Andrew, I'm hopefully putting myself in the perspective of our best ever listeners. Mentally, I'm trying to figure out where are the problems? What issues do you face with this kind of strategy? Because it sounds amazing. I wonder if it'll work in Cincinnati where I am, because if so, I'm going to go find some motels. But it's pretty close to a Burr model of investing, it sounds like, where you've got a cash out refinance on the back end to get your money out to go buy the next one. Do you come across any issues with the refi? Are are appraisers and lenders treating this like an apartment building when you're done or are they treating it like a motel that just gets a lower cap rate? Yeah, that's the tricky part, right? You're going to get a much better cash out refi option, even up to 80% LTV or LTC rather, loan to cost, which is completely different than LTV as you're, I'm sure, aware if you do rezone multifamily, if you rezone multifamily, your lenders are going to be happy. They'll be much happier than if you say, Hey, I got a motel. You kind of lose them after that. Where this comes in is you leverage private capital, you leverage fund capital, and you're able to paint the picture. If you don't rezone, your exit should still be able to allow you to cash flow and or sell 1031 exchange, liquidate, refinance. Now the refinance on if you don't rezone, from as far as what I've seen, unless there's a lender out there that wants to help me out, <laughs> I could use that. The refinance is just rate and term. And it's a commercial loan. It's around 6%, no cash out option, unless it's below 50% of appraised value for this specific lender. They're very conservative. They're very safe. They're very cautious. But yeah, uh, hopefully in the future, we find another lender for our partners and it might work out. I'm trying to wrap my head around the basic numbers. 
of a deal like this. Do you normally acquire between 30 and 40 K a door? No, it varies. Our best deal is 19,000 bucks a door. The yields per door are not as high though. Of course, they're still really decent. Still 900, 950 bucks a month per door on a $19,000 door, but they fluctuate. The reason why I'm attacking these motels is because there's got to be some room. Now you said, hey, it sounds too good to be true. What's your problem? What's the problem child? Well, I'll let you know. These aren't subdivided units, right? So your utilities are still going to be combined, right? That's problematic. Some people don't like that. I, I don't mind it as long as the name of the game is cash flow and equity. If I'm locking in equity and it, it has a really decent yield, then I'm not too worried about it. Of course, it helps me out too because most investors that are in the multifamily, they want that subdivision big time. They want the utilities to be divided, electric and sewer water trash and everything else. I don't care. There's less competition that way. I just wrap it all inside of one fee when they pay month to month. Could you ballpark how much you're paying in rehab to put in these kitchenettes to do the things you need to do to attract long-term, well, I guess we're not calling them tenants, are we? Because they're not on a lease, long-term month-to-month guests. Generally speaking, what does that renovation cost per door? Eight to $14,000, depending on what the bid is. And honestly, we're just leveraging the back bathroom wall. If you close your eyes and visualize this right now, you can. You walk into a motel room, you see a bed, you see a TV, and you go to the far back. And hopefully these are larger motel rooms. you got a bathroom. There's a back wall that you tap into, and you got your drain, you got your water supply. So you're going to put in your bottom cabinets. You're going to put in a small slimline RV-style dishwasher. You're going to put a small 20-inch range stove. If you're going to add a range stove, you need to add 220 electrical, which isn't a huge issue. We could do it for pretty cheap. Now we've done this for a little bit. You don't have to do that either. You could say, look, there's no ovens in here, but there's a flat top. We don't need venting for a flat top. If you need venting for a flat top in a specific area, you just use a microwave hood. You put the microwave above the flat top and they have those install vent hood microwave combos. You just vent it up through the attic to the roof, but that's pretty much it. That's all you're doing. You're creating studios. Now you can combine rooms and you kind of have to evaluate, okay, if I combine two rooms to make it an official one bed, one bath, or I can combine three rooms together and make it a two bed, two bath. Am I really going to get the bang for my buck? Is my IRR going to turn out better if I combine them or if I leave them as is? I think a healthy mix is wise to have a healthy mix of all of them. Plus it gives you a better resale value when you want to liquidate. It gives you a better resale value to have some of those one and two beds as well as studios. Correct. I assume that three studios would gross higher rents than one two bedroom apartment. Am I wrong? No, you're correct. The only reason why we would do a combination is just diversification. You have different types of demographic of tenants and residents. Some of my partners really like the fact that you have a small family in a two bed, two bath, and then you have a bunch of single people in all the other studios. And we actually separate them. We make sure that the families are maybe in one area and the studios are in a different area. It's an ecosystem, right? When you have an apartment complex or you have multifamily, it's an ecosystem. You got to really think about that planning, how you want people to interact with each other. And speaking of ecosystem, there are very few investors operating at a high level like you, Andrew, who can say that they are creating affordable housing. And there's definitely a high demand for affordable housing right now because that's not what gets built 
ground up. So finding opportunities like this, buy motels, convert them into what can be affordable long-term housing. There's a definite need there and I can see where it would be profitable. Coming back to me wrapping my head around the general numbers and bringing our listeners along with me, your acquisition, let's say it averages around 30, 40 a door. And let's say your renovation averages another 10 to 15. So you're at 45 to 55 a door in acquisition. And then assuming, let's just talk about the studios. We're not talking about combining units. The average rents that you're seeing on these studios that you're all in for, for 55 or less? Yeah, it's around 12.50 a month. 12.50 a month. And are you raising capital to buy these? Yes. So it's funny. I'm in a very interesting transition. Recently spoke to Joe about this too. I'm in the transition of building a fund rather than just syndicating each deal one by one. That's a very funny place to be. It's okay. I'm I'm repitching the same deals over and over again. I do give up equity in a lot of these deals, but the private investors that jump in, they get really excited when they see the price per door and the yield per property. Now you have to remember that, you know, I said 1250 a month on the studio, but that includes sewer, water, trash, and electric. Oh yeah. And it also includes gas. (laughs) And what's great, Slocum, is I don't compete with other apartments. There is no competing. I'm cheaper than them. And you don't have to qualify for utilities because I provide them. It includes internet and cable. So it's an all-inclusive price. And most people, they don't like the hassle of calling up their cable company or the internet company and the utility company. And it just takes time. I also don't charge deposits. So if it's $12.50 a month, it's twelve fifty right off the bat. If you have a pet, there is a pet deposit and there is a pet fee, but I don't charge one month's deposit. If I need you out, I call the police and you're out. I haven't had to do that yet, but I think people behave much better inside of this type of setup because they know the ramifications if, if they don't comply. How long have you been doing these motel conversions? A little over a year. Not even that long. A little, a little over a year. Okay. This may be a tricky question then, but what is your average length of stay? And then what's your average Uh, vacancy? How long is it? Yeah, that is a weird question, only because each asset's so different or so unique. If I was to put them all together and give an average, I would say it's under 10% vacancy. And the length of stay... I'd say four months. We'll get back to the show in a few minutes, but first some sponsors I'm confident you'll get some value in learning more about. How are you doing on your goals this year? Whether it's planning for your goals or whether it's executing on those goals, I imagine one of them has to do with financial freedom, taking control of your finances. And I can tell you that is a possibility with the next one to three years using a proven system created by my friend, Michael Blanc. He's got the program Deal Maker Mentoring. Here are some of his students who have been in the program and what they've accomplished. Melanie McDaniel, she closed her first 24-unit joint venture deal and is now pivoting to become full-time in the industry. Within five months of joining Cheryl Groovy from Atlanta, she had a 34-unit deal under contract 
And she partnered with two other dealmaker mentoring students, and together they raised $700,000. And Brian Briscoe, he said thanks to dealmaker mentoring, he had the opportunity to accelerate his timeline and go after much bigger deals than he would have on his own. If you are ready to commit to achieving your dreams this year and you've been thinking about getting in the multifamily, well, text the word Joe to 66866. Again, that's the word Joe. You know how to spell my name, right? J-O-E to 66866. Do it right now while it's fresh on your mind, and let's get you started with your own syndication business. Deals and money. We are constantly seeking deals and money as real estate investors, and I bet you're having a challenge right now, especially with deals, if you're like most real estate investors, because it's tough to find deals right now. But here's the thing. There's a competitive advantage out there that when implemented, it will help you accomplish your objective of getting more deals and or getting more investors. And that is having a great follow-up system. Having a great follow-up is one of the keys to success in real estate. And follow-up boss is the leading CRM for real estate. This is the system you need in place so you can reach out to owners and brokers directly for deals or you can follow up with your investors and you do it all in one spot. The CRM makes it 10 times faster to call and text owners, then integrates those into a software so nothing slips through the cracks. The follow-up boss conversion system and powerful management tools help align your methods and drive growth that otherwise it could have been missed and probably would have been missed. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever to get a system in place. And if you need help, they got you covered. Follow-up boss offers experts seven days a week. You can pick up the phone and speak to an actual human being anytime during business hours. Visit followupboss.com forward slash best ever to check out how much time you could save by streamlining your follow-up process. Best ever listeners, they're treating you extra special. You get an extended 30-day free trial, twice the length of the normal trial. For a limited time, go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever and perfect your follow-up. Your average length of stay is four months. Right. So when someone moves out, how long until you have somebody else in there? Oh, it's a line. We pre-sell spots all the time. We we say, it. we'll hold it for you. Come on in, take a look. Oh, can I come now? No, we're cleaning it. You know, our management team makes sure that there's a healthy five to 10 people deep of people that want that backup room when someone's vacated it. I get that. One of my apartment buildings is in an area where there just aren't that many apartments. So we just leave our marketing active year round to attract people. And just because there's much greater demand than supply in that area, we can get things filled up pretty quickly. So I'm sure the way that you're running things, that that's not hardly an issue. Right. Andrew, what is your best ever advice? Make excellent relationships with sellers, awesome. with private money partners, and you'll be just fine. Awesome. Well, Andrew, I know you've been a guest on this podcast before. Are you ready to go back through the lightning round? Yes, let's do it, man. Awesome. <laughs> let's do it. Andrew, what is your best ever way to give back to the community? I like to pick up the phone and just help people out when they have a question, when they need help, when they say, hey, I'm struggling raising private capital or I'm struggling to find a deal or I kind of feel like I'm pushing too hard to make this deal work. I give them my honest opinion and I tell them exactly what I would do and I'm not charging fees for it and honestly nothing against people that do that nothing against people that charge coaching fees nothing against that but I'm just trying to help other people because I know it's going to come back it's just the law of reciprocity totally 
What's the best ever book you've recently read? I really like Hunter Thompson's book, Raising Private Capital for Real Estate. That's a really good book. Nice. He talks about how the deal should come first and then the money. That's always a question, right? Should the money come first than the deal? Well, if you have a great deal, great money follows. Doesn't mean you could put the deal together, right? Doesn't mean you really qualified the deal, right? Because that there's talent in there. There there really is connectivity and relationships that need to be built. But look and source great deals. What's the most money you've lost on a deal? <laughs> I bought forty five houses in a portfolio. I paid five point three million dollars, and the deal. Get this. This is this is a great story. The deal. Was I went to a hard money lender. I leaned all my properties, my duplexes, fourplexes, and everything, just to get the hard money loan. This was years ago. It was about four and a half, five years ago. And I leaned all my properties, got pretty much a title loan for five point three million. Bought the forty five house portfolio, and we created a waterfall structure. Which, for best of our listeners, that's if I sell a property, all the proceeds have to go back to the lender first before I get paid. And it was a strict waterfall debt structure. And I kept selling all these properties. I was I was actually wholesaling them, not really wholesaling because I had to close on them. So I bought them and I sold them quickly. And I had a balance of one point eight million dollars left, and thirteen properties left. And I undersold so many properties that I had a whopping one point eight million left. I owed the lender before I could make a dime. So the monthly payment on it was like eighteen grand, and after four months of paying eighteen thousand bucks, I just couldn't do it anymore. I went to the lender and I said, "Hey, the lender's a friend of mine." I said, "I can't do this anymore." He's like, "Well, I gotta foreclose," and he's a fund manager, so he says, "My partners can't just I can't just put leave them high and dry." So I said, "Well, why don't we do a deed in lieu?" And he's like, "Yeah, we could do a deed in lieu. That's totally fine." So we do the deed in lieu of foreclosure. I give them all the 13 properties back to him. He sells them, makes a profit for him and his investors. So I'm glad. I'm happy for him. I didn't get any of my properties back that I leaned. Those were absorbed. So I literally started with zero and I probably lost $3 million. That was a really sad story. But real estate, you can rebound extremely fast. Tell me about that. Tell me about the most money you've made on a deal. I've made a lot of money on equity that I haven't realized yet, if that makes sense, but we're all sitting on equity. So I don't know if that counts, but I've made a couple hundred thousand dollars on a flip on a a sixplex flip. So we bought the sixplex for 60K down. The seller agreed to a 3% interest only payment, which is wild. Five years interest only. I only pay 1350 a month on a sixplex. Each unit makes around 1300 bucks a month. And I sold it for 200K more. I shouldn't have sold it now that I think about it. it. Bugs me that I sold it, but I sold it for 200k more just a year later. So I made over 200,000 on a really quick and easy seller carry purchase and sell. Nice. You've had some valleys for sure, but you've definitely had some peaks too. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me a little bit about this 129 unit you've got coming up. So the 129 unit, we are about to lock in a contract. The same owner that sold me the other motels is selling me this one. So he, he, he's, he's already on board. We're good to go. Submitted it just a couple of days ago. It is a 129-1976 roadway in and Econo Lodge. If you're familiar with Econo Lodge, these are just motels that you see across the U.S. These are awesome boxes. This one's in Phoenix. It's two miles away from a $750 million development that investors are going to build. So I'm going to undercut 
their rates. Typically, when I look for a, a source of deal, I look for activity in the area and where I can kind of slide in and be very competitive. This is a great deal. So we're going to condense the 129 units to 82 units. We're going to have 18 two bedroom, two baths, 15 one bed, one bath, and 45 studios. We're going to take the office. We're going to blow it out. We're going to make the office two story with a business lounge and amenity center. It's going to have a hot tub and gym. And on the second floor, it's going to have three residences with exterior stairs that get to the second floor. And then there's going to be a rooftop lounge. We're adding a dog park, which is crazy. One of my investors is like, dude, we need to add a dog park. I'm like, why? He's like telling you people love their dogs. They travel with their dogs. They live with their dogs and they need a dog park. You won't compete. So I'm like, okay, so we're going to do a dog park. But yeah, it's an exciting deal. Total acquisitions, $5 million. Renovation cost and reposition all in is close to $4 million. That includes a rezoning, about hundred grand rezoning. The rezoning should bring us to a valuation of $15 million when completed. So 82 apartments in Phoenix, that's the comparable value after the appraised value. That's a prospective appraisal, by the way, that's not set in stone. But anywhere from conservatively... 12 and a half to 15 million. Gotcha. And what does that look like? I assume is that a planning for a five-year hold? What kind of return are you giving investors on that? Yeah. 8% pref. It's going to be 8% pref. I charge a 2% catch up and it's going to be a 60, 40 split on the back end. It's an eight-year fund, but the exit on this particular one, hopefully is going to be within five years. And the goal is to sell in 1031 exchange into another asset. Well, this hasn't been very lightning-y of a lightning round. But, Sorry uh, about that. <laughs> no, that's, that's fine. I'm the one who's supposed to be in control, right? Asking the questions. Where can people get in touch with you? You can find me on Facebook. Just search Andrew LeBaron. I show up, I'm wearing a white shirt and tie. <laughs> I probably should be more realistic. I don't even wear white shirt and tie usually, but find me on Facebook or you can email me andrew at buymoretime.com. Just like it sounds, andrew at B-U-Y-M-O-R-E-T-I-M-E.com. Awesome. Well, thank you for tuning in, best ever listeners. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a five-star review and share this episode with someone you think could benefit from the best real estate investing advice ever. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss anything. Thank you and have a best ever day.